Next on BYU Sports Nation, we are one week out from day two of the NFL draft. Who do you want Fred Warner to be drafted by and why? Who is the best sibling combo in BYU history? Remember, one of those volleyball star Brendan Sander will join us. Plus, what would you give to play Notre Dame in Provo? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan. What is up? BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. You can buy this shirt at that very store. I'm Jerem Jordan. It's Friday, April 20th. Spencer Linton is watching all three Lord of the Rings movies extended, of course, in a row today. So I'm teamed up with a man who's never seen Lord of the Rings, Brian Logan. Yep, never seen it. I tried, well, you know, I, I've, I've tried to watch it maybe seven times, maybe. Less it's always seven. on TNT, less like less every less weekend, it feels like. No, no, like when I can't fall asleep, I, you know, instead of taking <laughs> medicine for it, I, I put it on. And no lie, you man. Need, like, you don't need medicine. You need Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, so dude. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I don't know. I personally love it, but it is long. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't judge, but I'm happy it, it works for you. All I heard was "but." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that gives you, me the excuse. You're a great person, but, but you know, I hate yeah. you guys. That's just that just gives yeah. me an excuse to say it. So that's what that is, bro. Yeah. Exactly. Today is a loaded show as uh, we have a great guest lineup coming up uh, one week away from Fred Warner in the NFL Draft. Men's volleyball wins. We'll talk to Brendan Sander. Notre Dame, BYU, what would you give to uh, play them as uh, Alabama announces the series? So lots to discuss. So let's rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We're a week out from the NFL Draft Day 2. That is rounds 2 and 3. Many mock drafts have BYU linebacker Fred Warner going as high as the second round, including NFL Draft analyst John Ledyard. Oh, he's definitely closer to a second-round guy than a seventh-round guy, no doubt about that. I mean, I think when you look at what the NFL values in linebackers, you know, he has those that type of skill set. Indeed he does. Hear more of that interview coming up in 40 minutes. But, Brian, what team do you want to draft Fred Warner? I'm going to say any team that is a contender for playoffs. A playoff team is, is what I want. Um, simply, so not the Browns? No, negative. No, negative on the Browns. <laughs> Please um, no. Come back and be a GA if you get drafted. No, I'm just playing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing, man. You said some crazy I'm, stuff. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. But I, I think I think overall, you know, you want to go to uh, an organization like that because they know how to win. And when you know how to win, you know how to do the, the little small details that's going to make you successful on and off the field, right? And, I mean, I think, I think you look at Kyle and his situation, um, and that's, you know, going, going from – uh, Detroit and then to the Patriots. Obviously, he became a, the winner uh, of that situation. You know, he got, a, he got a ring, but I mean, look how much more happier he is. You look how much more, you know, uh, energy I feel like he has. I mean, he feel, it looks like he's back playing in college, and that's hard to find in the NFL. Um, and you know what does that? Winning. <laughs> no matter how much money you make, right? At the end of the day, you still want to win. You still want to win, even though you have. Um, you know, millions of dollars because you have love for the game. So any playoff contending team. I would love for Fred Warner t- to be on a contender as well, not being a, a bad fit for him, get a real shot at playing time, whether he plays a bunch as a rookie or just sparingly but kind of works his way in. I would love to, for Fred Warner to be on the uh, West Coast. So if he was oh, with man. my Seahawks, I would not 
Uh, I would not shy away from that. Although the Seahawks play a 4-3 and have a middle linebacker in Bobby Wagner, who happened to go to Utah State. Warner's in the inside linebacker now, so he, he's, he's got to find potentially a scheme that goes 3-4 so he can get on the field a little yeah. more. Why not the Patriots? Why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah, why play not? Play with Kyle Van Noy. Play with the winner. We'll see. It, it feels like the Patriots are unraveling a bit yeah. uh, this offseason, but it'd be fun what? if Kyle Van Noy was with a team that we got to see a lot we always in think prime it, time. We always think that with Belichick, though, man. We always think that. I mean, no, no, no. This right? offseason's different. Okay. A lot's coming out of that camp that's never come out of there. Okay, I'll give you that. There's public complaints, the Tom Brady documentary. Yeah. He, Giselle saying, oh, he just wants to have fun. It's like, oh, he doesn't have fun? What? Hmm? What's going on? Hmm. So, yeah, uh, a week out for Fred Warner. Really excited about what's going to happen with Fred. He would go as high as round two, probably. I don't see him going in the seventh round. I see him on a... Oh. Two th- round two, three, or four is my guess. It would surprise he would go next week. It would surprise me if he went to four. I'm being super optimistic, man. And I, it would surprise it surprised me if he. Spencer's not here. So someone's got to do it. <laughs> I would say okay, cool then. Two. I would say two or three. If he go, if he so goes day two, two or three. If he did, one if week he, from today, if he goes round four, it would surprise me just from everything that I'm hearing. So just me, man. Okay. Uh, UCF's Shaquem Griffin gave a list of things he would do in order to play. In national championship for uh, or against Alabama, me mm-hmm. like I said, they're I not would, over not playing Alabama. I, I I would give up my first child. Love you, Layton. Love wow, you. I'm just playing. I'm just playing, kind of. So <laughs> that that leads me to this announcement: Alabama and Notre Dame have agreed to a two year home and home football series beginning in 2028. Jerem, what would you give up to play Notre Dame in Provo? I'd give up three basketball transfers. Oh wait, that might already. Happen. What? Uh, I'd I'd give up my annoyance at this game not being played. Mm. Okay. Mm. Uh, BYU's played multiple games in Notre Dame. It was a two for one. Where's the one? Where's the one? Uh, I feel like BYU doesn't have to rush this. I get it. They don't have to cash out on this contract. Why not just kind of wait and see what happens if if Notre Dame will return it? A few months ago, I was in the uh, roundtable with the media where Tom Homel alluded to the idea that perhaps the game could happen, that it was in a better spot of possibly happening than it had been in a long time. They played it before. It wouldn't be a shock if Notre Dame came to Provo again. So I don't know that I'd give up that much. I think the schedules are good enough, tough enough, too tough, in fact, to where if you don't ever get Notre Dame, it's not a real big deal. No, I mean, it's uh, for fans, we, we, want, we want to see it, right? Um and I mean, I, I don't know, man. I think I don't think BYU ever need is in a position where they need money. I'm, just, you know, I mean, it's nice to get money, and you it's can nice always to have more money, Brian. I'm just, I Even mean, yeah, but I mean, that's like the church. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know, man. I've, I've, I was, I was broke. You know, I want more I'm, money. You know, being broke made me rich. So now I understand what you, the life you live, Jerem. <laughs> Excuse me. But you, <laughs> Look, look, I want Notre look, Dame to come to Provo, look, and it has nothing to do with money. It has look, everything to do with just it's a great game. I know. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about cashing out. Let's play an independent championship. I'm talking about just. I'm talking about you. The <laughs> option of cashing out or yes. playing the game. Yes. And I'm saying cash that I don't think BYU needs to cash out. The buyout's not going right, to be that big right. anyway. It's like it's, a million. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. That's not a ton of it's, dough in the big scheme of things. Like yes, it is, but. In the big scheme of BYU athletics, that's not a huge number. I'm thinking, I'm thinking bigger than BYU athletics. I'm thinking BYU in general, just the church, right? Just the church, right? And so what I are think you I think about with that, I'm just saying, like the, the BYU 
doesn't need money. Yes, it does. Why does Tom Homel, after the Big 12 thing, make a video that says, hey, we need you know, our donors more than ever? But do they need— do they Why need, would he make that video? Okay but, okay, but is it worth it? You is, always is, need more money. Is it worth— is, is, is this game, cashing out this game, worth it? No. That's, what I'm, that's my point I'm trying that's, to make. That's, and, why, and the number's not even that big in the cash out. You just sit here and wait. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yes, yes. You just wait. It we out. agree. Okay. See, yeah. we need to work on our communication skills because we were saying the same thing, right? I just don't want to hear what I don't, what doesn't agree with my. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't do it. I can't. Okay. Yesterday, we spoke with former BYU player and coach Terry Nashif, who had this to say about the balance from a coaching staff between the needs of the team and the needs of an individual when it comes to going pro. I think the best coaches put the individuals first and you know that's what gets kids to come to your program because they know that you care about the kids and that's what gets kids to succeed in the program because you know you care about them brian do you agree the individual comes before the team i'm excited about this one man because i i I believe that this is situational i think when, when we asked that question yesterday to coach in that specific context of you know Wanting the kid to go further and have a and nice a career. A guy going pro early. Going pro early, right, yeah. um, versus staying and helping his team. You know, I think in that context, that's appropriate, right? And, and, I, and this is the story where it's not appropriate, right, for to, to put the kid first. And this is by Bronco Mendenhall. And I agree, with, I, I agree because of what happened. So I played here in 2009 with, with my, uh, my, my uh, two sports hernias. And I, I didn't know, so I played my whole junior year. How did you not know? Because I, I went to a junior college first, and I was dying. That's wrong. Just <laughs> <laughs> facts. Okay. So uh, it wasn't until after, um, after winter, right about to go into spring ball, where you know, I was getting checked up, and I was getting these injections, and the doctor said, whoa, you've gotten too many you know, in these, in these you know, nine months you've been here. I'm going to send you to a specialist. So I went to the specialist, and they you know, didn't have to do much. They were just like, oh, yeah, you have it. So I was, I was so juiced. I, I, you know, I was calling my teammates, Brandon Bradley, like, ah, you got to be on there on the sideline. By, I'm going to be on the sideline. You're going to be on the, on the field by yourself, man. Blah, blah, blah. Perfect tens. So I go into Coach Mendenhall's office, and I'm like, hey, uh, I can't play spring ball. You know, I got hernia surgery I got to do. And so Bronco, you know, closes the door and goes, you've been playing with this your whole, your whole junior year, right? Yes. You didn't know about this at all, right, until this point? You're right. That's correct, Coach. And you've been able to run, jump, practice, all that. Right. So let me ask you this one question, and this can make the decision for you. If, if, does you not being in spring ball help or hurt this team? I didn't even answer the question. Man. I just got up, and I just, I just, walked, I just walked out because I knew that I could still perform, right, at you a very agree, high level. With him. I agreed with him. Mm. Well, he didn't even, but the thing about it, though, he didn't even say nothing, right? He, just, he said, I'm going to leave the decision up to you. And I, but this is the kind question. Of. This is the question. Kind of, right? But this right. is what he does. This is why he's a good coach. And so in that situation, I said, you know what? I can, I can still ha- go practice in spring ball, make an impact, be a leader, and then get surgery uh, afterwards because I have six-week recovery. I, it's way more than enough time for it. So, yeah. You're right. It is complex. It depends on the individual. It is weird to say, yeah, the individual comes before the team because typically the team success outweighs the individual. But it, it, you're right. I think it's a case-by-case basis. Situ- situational, man. Yep. Men's volleyball swept USC last night to reach the MPSF championship game tomorrow. Heard it was schmacking. 
It was did BYU punch its ticket to the NCAA tournament last night? Jared? Officially, no, but I think that BYU is going to get in regardless of what happens tomorrow. Although, if you're BYU, obviously you want to win, and then you lock up probably the two seed and a bye to the semifinals in the NCAA tournament. If BYU doesn't win tomorrow, I still think they're going to get in. Now, the, the worst-case scenario is that out of the MEVA, you know, two teams get in, and then out of the Big West, somehow, you know, Long Beach State is upset and Hawaii and UC Irvine get in. Then it might be a little trouble, but BYU and UCLA probably right now feel like they're going to get in. One as the auto, one as an at-large. BYU needs to win tomorrow, though, because it's UCLA. This is a big rivalry game. We're going to talk to Brendan Sander coming up on the other side. BYU is trying to get to a third straight NCAA tournament. That has never happened in BYU men's volleyball history. I mean, I'm, 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 uh... I'm with you, man. I mean, you know, understanding kind of the landscape of how you broke it down for me the last couple of days, it just sounds like crazy things have to happen, you know, and it has to almost be an anomaly. But. And sports happen, right? <laughs> right. Be careful. <laughs> so so win tomorrow night and you're in. And, right, Don't right. Worry. Well, that's, I mean, that's the, that's, the, that's the most important thing that anybody can do when you, you know, in a tournament or trying to get into a tournament is control your own destiny, right? As soon as you let that go, it's kind of over for you. You yeah. know, you have to rely on other things. So... Yeah, man. I mean, I just want to be sitting right by you tomorrow. Come, come hang out. You can do stats. Okay. Yes. Tomorrow night marks the end of an era in the Smithfield House. Brendan Sander will play his final home game along with three other seniors. Brendan, the younger brother of Taylor Sander. Both those dudes have been to multiple NCAA tournaments and been named All-American multiple times, which brings us to today's question of the day. Brian, who's the best sibling combo in BYU sports history? And there have been a lot. I dare say that BYU has more... Great athletic sibling combos than any other school across the country. There's more of a, a you, you and your siblings come yeah, to this school than facts. I feel like any other school in the country. Hey, you know, if me and my cousin, my cousin came here, right, and both, you know, black, not LDS, that's how much of an influence I think this place has, sure. right? Um, but I got to go, I got to go Jeremy and Spencer, man. I We're gotta, not siblings. I got to, I have to, dude. We're not You know siblings. what, you know what, uh, you know, titles and blood, that doesn't make you family, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's, it has to do with the bond, actually, it technically the loyalty, makes you family. the trust. That's what family is. That's what actually. it is. So I would say these guys right here, one and Thank two. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, no problem, man. Okay, we don't, we don't even have time to get to all the great ones, but Taylor and Brendan Sander in men's volleyball, they're one of the best, if not the best. Okay, the Kafusis, the Oats in football, they were incredible. The Reynolds, the Haas Reynolds. in hoops, the Collies. The Papingas, the Hampsons, the Warners. I, oh, the Papingas. Thanks, by the way. Th- this list basically is uh, helpful from not only Blaine Fowler, but Kyle Chilton. Uh, the the Arrhenius brothers, the Youngs in football, the Coopers in baseball, Durants and Roberts and Emery's in basketball. I mean, we're going to miss a bunch. There have been so many good ones yeah, in BYU crazy. sports history. Crazy, man. Our question of the day, who's the best sibling combo in BYU history at 86 WI Coop? To me, this is a no-brainer if you consider the records held number of conference championships, number of Final Four appearances, and what they are and will be doing professionally. Sanders, Taylor, and Brendan. We'll talk to Brendan Sander coming up. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's volleyball will play UCLA in the MPSF Championship game on BYU TV tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern. See Jerem there. I'll be there doing stats, like he said. 
You got to learn volleyball <laughs> stuff before tomorrow night, I think. We're it's, going to the shit, man. It, going yeah, to the shit. That's right. Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Championship. Don't miss it. BYU and UCLA. Cannot wait for that one. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation. It's on BYU TV and BYU Radio. There are apps as well. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Our question of the day. Who's the best sibling combo in BYU history? At Spencer underscore BYU. Did we say sports history? There's probably some academic combo that's going to get thrown in here from somebody. <laughs> the Johnsons in uh, science. <laughs> At Spencer underscore BYU. Perhaps underrated, but I'm going with Ashley and Brianna Hatch. Both killed it on the women's soccer team, and now Ashley's doing great things in the pro pros. Uh, they were tremendous soccer players at BYU. I, I didn't know she had a sibling. Yeah, she did. Uh, she did and has a sibling. <laughs> okay, a, a guy that has a brother who played here as well, and it's been uh, over-discussed, but we're going to talk about it again. It's Brendan Sander, BYU beat USC last night. Congratulations on the semifinal win. Thank you. It was a great win. What was great about it? Because you did it in three, you took care of business, you got out of there, and now you get ready for UCLA. I think that's a great thing. We did it in three, and now we can rest a little and focus on what we got to do tomorrow night. What is it about um, this team in first sets? Because you're like 15 and 12 in the first set. But you've won 16 of your last 18 matches. Like, what is it about slow starts with this team? You guys have been able to finish a lot of them. Um, I think that's like our biggest weakness, to be honest, is a slow start. But we got to get on top of that. And I think we're doing a better job than in the beginning of the season. But um, we kind of have a problem of waiting and seeing how the team will come out instead of like just the other really team playing. or your team. The other team instead of like because we normally could do good against the really good teams like mm-hmm. UCLA and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but against the teams that we should pounce and roll over, it's like oh, we, so we see like so how they why. come out. Yeah, and that's we're why. like we're trying to fix that because <laughs> you got to fix that. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, basically, they're coming out, you know, guns are blazing on you guys, and you guys yeah. are like, ah, we got, yeah, they're more BYU. They want to be us, yeah. obviously, and then yeah. we kind of see how they come out and play. And, we definitely shouldn't do that. Right. So well, it's like, so it's once you get slapped in the in the mouth, you're like, oh, wait a minute, yeah. you just hit me. Then you we're like, punch, yeah, we got to punch back. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Uh, what what does playing for a title on your home court mean to you? You've you've won the MPSF championship before two yeah. years ago, but what does it mean to have that match in the Smithfield House tomorrow night for you? It means a ton to us. I mean, we get home court advantage, we get the crowds and everything like that all up on us, and then um, just also playing in this atmosphere and environment is very difficult for other teams so hopefully that will help us as well what, what what's what is it about it though I mean I, I've played in different you know arenas and things like that and it was electric you know playing in Lavelle Edwards Stadium give me some specifics man like I want to know about like the goosebumps that you get or you know just the, 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 the feelings that you can't describe that you know it's not even yeah, love it's right? like you really you can't, can't describe, describe it. <laughs> you really there. can't describe it it's unreal um the best way I've been able to describe it in the past is it's like you have the, like thousands of people at your fingertips. So like you get a kill and then you just wave your arms and every, it's, <laughs> you, you really know what I'm saying? It's weird. So I'm getting, I'm getting it. Or when you're on the court and you're trying to talk to your guys on the court and you just can't hear what they're saying because all the fans are going off That's and you're just like feeling. and you just go. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you got to learn sign language, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't yeah. know it now. Uh, well, I mean, you if, you're, you if you're smart, later. if you're smart, you know, during um, you know your scouting report and watching film, you can pick up on that, you know, from the yeah, yeah. their signals. Of course. So that's just a little nugget for you when you watch your flag football, you know, Jeremy. My flag football. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm retired from flag football. Uh, much has been made over the years, um, you know, for better or worse, about hey, your Taylor's brother, whatever. 
I've been thinking about kind of the legacy that you are leaving yourself. And, and talking to Sean Olmstead yesterday, he said, when you talk about some of the greatest outside hitters we've ever ha- had here, Brendan Sanders in that conversation, what kind of legacy do you think you've carved out for yourself? Um, I've gotten this question quite a bit in the past few weeks, actually. And the main legacy that I want to leave behind is so people that look at me playing volleyball, they can look up to me and say, that's who I want to be like, and that's who I want to play like. And I want them to know that they can come to me with questions that they have, and I want to tell them how they can improve their game, and I want to grow the game through doing that. Mm. Yeah. That's, a, that's awesome. I love that. that. That's yeah. beautiful. That sounds like a mission statement, man. You, you have, you <laughs> have plans. I've gotten that question a few yeah. times. Rest. Yeah. yeah, you, you can be you on got, that. You have plans maybe uh, off-season or you know, going you know, post-BYU career, um, you know, having some type of training you know, facilities or anything like that? Um, yeah, so uh, right when I'm done with however far we go here at BYU. After um, the national championship after, end on May 5th holiday, yep, at UCLA. That's the game. Mm-hmm. We, I'm going to go straight from there a day after into the USA gym, and that's where I'll be training for the summer. And then hopefully play with them over summer and mm-hmm. see what I can do in that gym. And then hopefully go pro, play pro after that in Europe somewhere. It's not a long drive from Westwood to Anaheim. That's the good thing. It's not. <laughs> the national championship. Brendan Sanders on BYU Sports Nation men's volleyball team playing UCLA tomorrow night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV for the MPSF title. Now, as well as, as you've been playing and, and as you've been here, Cyrus Fa'alogo Tuesday, we had him on Between the Lines. He went around campus saying the following. Is this seat taken? Oh, sweet. My name is Brendan. I'm on the volleyball team. Today's your lucky day because we're selecting one lucky person that can take a selfie with me. My name is Brendan Sider. Everybody knows me. Okay. Uh-huh. Reaction to a Cyrus Fall logo going around campus. That kid's a crack up, man. Oh, man. He's the funniest kid I ever met. He's like, everybody knows me. I'm Brendan Sander. I feel like nobody knew. <laughs> nobody knew. Let's talk about this match tomorrow. Uh, before we get to the sibling conversation that we've presented, UCLA is the big rival, and uh, you have like your best friend Jake Arnitz, who's in the Smithfield House practicing. Uh, he's on the other side. You you could have played for UCLA if you wanted. You became a Cougar, which is one of my favorite decisions of anybody in the last four years. <laughs> what is this match like, and what does this mean for you guys as you go up for the championship against your rival? I mean, this is the match I look forward to every year. I love playing UCLA just because. They're such a great team. They're very well coached, and my best friend's on that team. Jake right. Arnitz is on that team, and he's a great person and a great player, and it's always fun stepping on the court with one of your best friends across the net because you know that no matter what, you're going to battle on the court, but no matter what after, you're going to hang out, be buddies. But, um, yeah, they're just a great team, and it's always fun to play them because they're so creative and we're so creative, and it's just a high level of volleyball that is fun to watch and fun to play in. They they beat you six days ago. So what's this yeah. like? You had locked up the one seed. It wasn't a match you had to win. You want to win, but you didn't. So here we are six days later. You're going to play them for the championship. So what adjustments need to be made? Um, I think we have we need to go into this one with a different mindset because last time we kind of knew we clinched that, that first seed and we won the regular season. Um, but I think this time we're kind of out for blood a little bit. We're wanting to a rematch with that game and – um, we had swept them earlier in the season, and 
yeah, so I think it's going to be definitely a good game, and we both want it. So how do you, how do you guys how do you do that? How do you guys go out and and start fast, so to speak, and and you know be the hunter instead of being the hunted? I mean, I think we just have to mentally prepare way before the game. You got to know that you're going to go out and punch first. You're not going to wait to be punched, you know. And so I think if we go out and punch first, then we'll be in a very good spot, and they'll be on their heels. Watch it tomorrow night, nine Eastern on BYU TV, Cougars and. Bruins, six days later, or seven days later, I guess, uh, from Poly Pavilion now to the Smithfield House for an auto bid to the NCAA tournament. The Cougars have never gone to three straight NCAA tournaments. That, that would be something quite special. Do you have uh, – are, are you in UCLA mode, or do you have the uh, context of, wow, we could do something special here? Oh, I'm definitely in UCLA mode. But, um, Good answer. The, the goal is definitely <laughs> getting that national championship. And I think if we get there, we have – a very good chance of doing it. I mean, what's what's that like to to you know going in your sophomore year and then your junior year, you know, have a chance to go this year and your boys with you. You know what I mean? But hey, you know we have experience. You know, you guys have been with me since day one, so to speak. And you know, it, this is nothing new. We've all we've all been here. Let's go ahead and finish. Yeah, I mean, it's great to have Leo Price and all those guys out there that have been in the national championship match before twice, and so. It's huge for us to reflect our experience on the younger guys so they know it's just another game. It's, of course, it's for the national championship, but it's volleyball. It's another game that we have to play, we have to compete, and we have to execute. Our question of the day is this. Who is the best sibling combo in BYU sports history? How do you think you and Taylor fare in this? Hopefully pretty well. <laughs> I, I think I you're think, way up there. I think, I think pretty well, yeah. If I make it to the Olympics, then I think pretty well. <laughs> so if you, if you make Team USA... And where is it next? Japan? Japan, yeah. Japan? 2020? That'd be legit. Yeah, two Olympians, two All-Americans. Same position. Same wow. position. Same height. Mm. Same jersey number. Well, so, oh, that. different one? We have different ones at USA. Different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's number three, I'm number eight. Oh, that's right. Okay. Oh, for USA. No, at BYU. Wasn't he 15 at BYU? He was, yeah, at yeah. BYU. Yeah. We're talking about the future, though. You couldn't yeah, have the same jersey number on the same on the team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That would be cool. Okay, Brendan, uh, BYU Sports Nation karma for the match tomorrow. We look forward to hopefully uh, – Brian likes to hold hands during this part, so we're going to do that. We act we ask kids it. requests. I, I feel it. Right, you feel I'm it? I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's do it. We All don't right. give the karma to crappy players. <laughs> Brendan, thanks for coming in, man. Thank you guys for having me. Brendan Sander of BYU Men's Volleyball again tomorrow, BYU and UCLA, in the ship for the MPSF, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Coming up, John Lillard. Ledyard. Ledyard. John Ledyard on Fred Warner and his opportunity to go second round. And big deal and no deal, BYU loses its top two scores in men's hoops in back-to-back years, leaving early. This is BYU Sports Nation. The Fan Fest, May 5th, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern at Pioneer Park in Mesa, Arizona. You have Jerem, Spencer. I will not be there. I was not invited. Very, very sad. But I will be there as a fan, though. Awkward. I'll be there as a fan. Yeah. We're looking forward to that. Yes. We also want to mention that tomorrow there's a fan fest in Idaho Falls. So uh, enjoy that one in the great state of Idaho. Welcome back, Jeremy and Brian and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Fourth ranked men's volleyball swept USC. In three last night, Cyrus Fa'alogo, Gabi Garcia-Fernandez, and the guest from our previous segment, Brendan Sander, all had 12 kills as the Cougars hit a season-high 529. Cougars host UCLA tomorrow night, 
9 Eastern for the MPSF Championship live on BYU TV. Cannot wait for that one. Patrick Fishburn was named WCC Golfer of the Year and was named to the All-WCC First Team. Rhett Rasmussen was an honorable mention. Patrick Fishburn's going to get paid to play golf after he's done at BYU. If you can get, Speaking of money. If you can get paid to do Ginger Quake. anything that you love, that's a blessing. That is a blessing. So if you know what? If, if, if you love to tie shoes and you get paid for it, blessing. If you that's love thing to sit by Jerem Jordan and you get paid for it, blessing. There's only one person who does. <laughs> Women's golf swept the West Coast Conference Awards. Kendra Dalton, WCC Player of the Year. Kerry Roberts, Coach of the Year, third straight. And Naomi Suifua took home West Coast Conference Freshman of the Year honors. The government is looking into the monopoly that is <laughs> BYU Women's Golf with the awards. Shannon Horman Evans will compete in the NCAA Nationals on bars in St. Louis today at 7 p.m. Eastern. Good luck. She's the only Cougars re- uh, Cougar representing at uh, Nationals. Good luck to Shannon Hortman Evans. Let's play a little Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No Deal. It's presented by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. Number one, Big Deal, No Deal, Brian. BYU Hoops leading scorer leaves the team for the second straight year. I think it's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. Um, anytime you leave, you you lose uh, your leading scorer. You know, regardless of of if it's transferring or if it's going early, um, injury, graduation, injury, graduation. But whatever, these weren't graduation. Right? These were early for the not NBA. Hopefully, Elijah Bryant makes it. The <laughs> then NBA. I would say it's an even bigger deal because it's not graduation, right? Um, and and yeah, because and, and and going back to what I said yesterday. Is you have that you know as a, as a as a player you look up to certain players for leadership, um, you know somebody especially somebody like that that can do it on the court. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a big deal, you know. It's a bigger deal if Elijah Bryant doesn't make the NBA. It'd be back to back guys that didn't go to the NBA but went to Europe. Like, wouldn't isn't Europe there a year later? You know, those individuals who make the decision that's best for them. But guess what? They go and make money. What's left behind is not having that player for those fans and select media. And it's also not so that. it's harder for them. They, they didn't get more money. It's also not that this. player's pro- problem either. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is not their problem. Behind. They're, yeah. they're often behind me. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Big deal. Or Number two. Big deal. No deal. Men's volleyball is in the MPSF title match. It's a big deal, clearly. BYU versus UCLA tomorrow. Uh, the Cougars essentially punched an at-large ticket, in my opinion, yeah. even if they lose. But I think BYU's got a good shot to win. The Cougars lost a week ago to UCLA last Saturday, a week tomorrow. Uh, that was a match they didn't have to have. So I don't give that the same context as the previous eight, in which BYU had beaten UCLA in all eight. Mm. The Cougars have really played well against the Bruins. That's right. I would say it's a big deal, too, man. I mean... Um, anytime you're playing for the ship, right? Anytime you get, yeah, anytime you go to the ship, man. I'm, I'm excited. All aboard, set I'm, sail. I'm excited to go in there with you and act like I'm taking some stats. Yeah, you know I, I mean? we don't really have room, but we'll have to <laughs> talk about it. Number three, big deal, no deal. Having only one year in the last twelve NFL drafts in which multiple BYU players were drafted. Hmm, that's a big deal. I think it's a big deal, man. Um, I think at the heart of any. Rec- you know, program that has good recruiting, it's about getting drafted, you know, getting guys to the next level. Because every kid, no matter what, um, doesn't want to come to a Division One program and be a doctor or a dentist, you know, maybe after their career playing in the NFL. Everybody's goals. Scott Johnson. Right, right. Yes. Nickel. Yes, right, right. Love you, Scotty. Um, 
And and that's and that's a big deal. I'm gonna go where I can I can go to the next level. That's Alabama. Of course, I'm gonna go to Alabama. Whatever the case is. So yeah, it's a big deal, man. This is a big deal. I don't think BYU can accomplish their goals in independence, which one of them is like get ranked at the end of the season. Mm. In my opinion, I think that should be one. I don't think BYU can get ranked at the end of the season if they don't have multiple draft picks yeah. at some point, right? Oh, I get you saying. Like, okay. like you could have five dudes in next year's draft on this team and just one this year. And that doesn't average. That would average out to three. But Fred Warner is going to be the only draft pick for BYU in all likelihood. Perhaps Jonah Trinneman somehow sneaks in there. I don't see a dude that had one touchdown catch in two years at receiver getting drafted. But he's definitely going to get it in. I'll throw, I'll throw a twist there though with, for this, uh, as far as guys getting drafted or not. Uh, think about you know two star, three star kids coming in, and then those uh, players getting developed into essentially five star guys um, that are NFL ready, right? So. You know, you ha- you could yeah, already when get the they talent, leave, right? It's more important right. than when they show it, up. Exactly, exactly. Number four, big deal, no deal. We are six days away from Avengers: Infinity War. This is a big deal. I'm very excited about this movie. Our camera guy just raises his hands in triumph. He's stoked. Yes, camera I th- guy. I think we're all excited about Infinity War. Who's not excited about Infinity War? I'm excited, yeah. man. Everyone's I- excited. My son is excited too. He just keeps asking me, Did you get the tickets yet? Lane's get- excited, man. He's, he's, he's so, go, I'm like, I get paid next Friday from Brigham. So <laughs> wait a little bit. Yeah. I have tickets. Uh, I'm not seeing it the opening weekend, though. I've, <laughs> I have family in town. I got to wait. What? I got to awesome. host them. Pass them this way. There's too many, yeah, there's too many little kids around. <laughs> Can't go. That is big deal, no deal. Question of the day Who's the best sibling in BYU, sibling combo in BYU history? More of your responses coming up. It's also coming up, the best part of the show. The best part of the, the show. The best part is the end, the whip around. Really? Mm-hmm. I would hope it, it'd be earlier. And next, <laughs> NFL Draft analyst John Ledyard. How high can Fred Warner go in the draft next week? This is BYU Sports Nation. Big Deal, No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jerem Jordan and men's volleyball will be going to the ship tomorrow versus UCLA in the MPSF Championship game on BYU TV at 9 p.m. Eastern. I will be in the the background. You'll be there, (laughs) I think. You'll you'll be there. I'm excited for that. I I think this is a really big game, and uh, when Brian Logan's showing up, you know it's a big deal. Yes. Jerem Jordan, Brian Logan, live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. We're live at noon Eastern. We're rebroadcast at 6, in case you missed the show. Our question of the day, who's the best sibling combo in BYU history at USU Cougar 11? I'll go with the Kafusi brothers. Bronson in the NFL. Corbin never lost a game in the kennel mm. in hoops. Still more to come with Devin. Of oh, course, you had Alexis Oh yeah, mm-hmm. as a women's basketball player. Yep. Yeah. You know, coaching locally at a high school, so... Keep the tweets coming and the Instagram posts uh, at USUCoog11. Weighing in on that one, use the hashtag BYUSN. Well, we're a week away from day two of the NFL draft for rounds two and three. A potential spot for Fred Warner to be drafted by one lucky NFL team. We spoke with John Ledger, NFL draft analyst for FanRag Sports and NDT Scouting. Also host of the Locked on NFL Draft podcast on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline about Warner's draft potential. All right, John, it's a wonderful time of year, just a few days before the NFL draft, and in typical NFL draft fashion, you begin to hear about guys, and then this guy going the first, third, seventh round. So Fred Warner right now, at this point in the process, how much 
of uh, is real versus fake when it comes to he's a second round guy. He's a seventh round guy. What do you think? Oh, he's definitely closer to a second round guy than a seventh round guy. No doubt about that. I mean, I think when you look at what the NFL values in linebackers, you know, he has those that type of skill set. Um, he has the type of skill set that teams covet. Uh, the size, the length, the ability to get off blocks, the ability to make plays in coverage. You know, look back at his interception against Josh Rosen, that's going to resonate with people. Um, so I think NFL decision makers, while the buzz about him in national media has been pretty quiet, uh, I think that NFL decision makers like him. I think he's for sure going to go in the top 75 picks. We're not surprised at all to see him in the second round. I know a lot of evaluators have moved him up their board. That is sometimes a sign of things that you're hearing as much as things that they saw themselves on tape. Um, I think that he's got the perfect skill set. I think he's going to come in and be a contributor right away. I think he's got a great skill set to work in the NFL, and I think he's going to play maybe a little bit of a versatile role for a team, but that's exactly what the NFL is. You know, Lots of hybrid players, lots of guys that can do multiple different things, and I think that uh, Fred Warner really embodies that. John, what, what do teams like about Fred Warner right now? I think it's the fact that he played such a heavy coverage role. They see him as a guy coming immediately and help uh, in, in, in those nickel situations, dime situations. That's a ton of the NFL today in those personnel packages. You know, being able to match up with tight ends, played some in man coverage, a lot in zone coverage, great range, showed ball skills, kind of some natural instincts. You know, already is used to stepping out of the slot. But also, I think the fact that he, if you watch him at the senior bowl, the practice day of the game, he made great reads, great reactions from an off-ball position. I think he projects really well to be a full-time starter and play all three downs. So there really isn't a limitation on his skill set as long as he can figure out the mental part of playing linebacker. I think that's the biggest key. So, you know, that's one of the most enticing things about Warner, high-character guy who already starting to pick up the position. It's a little bit funny to me he hasn't got as much buzz as Hassan Reddick did a year ago. Not quite the athlete that Reddick is, but more experience as an off-ball guy in the coverage role than Reddick did. And that's kind of where teams projected him. So I think I understand some of the reasons why teams like Reddick a little bit more. But Warner shows the ability to get off blocks. He played on the line of scrimmage, uh, which I don't think is the best role for him in the NFL, but he showed the ability to get off blocks, sit guys up, get his hands inside. So he has just kind of a full skill set in terms of what you want to work with. Um, And I think that because of that, you'll see him be, maybe to national media, it'll be a little bit of a surprise. Like I said, I really think he's going to be around two pick. John Ledyard, NFL Draft Analyst, is on BYU Sports Nation. Fred Warner at the Senior Bowl moved from outside linebacker, where he played the entire time at BYU, to a middle linebacker or inside linebacker position. What role do you think that will play in his draftability? Well, it was huge, and it's what, it's what pushed Reddick up the board so much. His people, teams saw what he could do in coverage uh, in a role like that at the Senior Bowl. And, and Warner, you know, he already had some of that on tape, but you know, when he was able to step into that role full-time, it was I watched back through the practice tape because he was a guy I'd already watched and I really wanted to like him, but I knew it was going to be a huge week for him. You know, if he looked totally lost off the ball and couldn't process anything and just stood there at the second level, I knew he was going to have issues perhaps making the transition, or at least it was going to be a longer process. But he, he knew his keys, he read them, he processed them. It wouldn't surprise me if he practiced there some at BYU because he seemed very comfortable not only seeing his keys, but he went into attack mode more than I thought he did. I thought on tape at times, you know, he was a little bit more passive than I would have liked. But when he went into attack mode during practices, you know, he ran through a couple blocks from guards, shot through gaps, made a couple stops in the backfield. You know, he was hitting out there. And so I think that role maybe clarified things for him where he can actually be better that capacity than, 
he was in the NFL. I mean, athletically, he tested pretty well. You know, not elite level, but I think he tested really well. So teams already like the range, I think, that he showed side on the side. He made plays out on the boundary, which I think people expect, but the plays that he made in the box were what really impressed me, both at the practices of the Senior Bowl and then when you watch the Senior Bowl game back through and look at the tape, he was doing the same thing in the game. Uh, Fran Duffy, who works for the Eagles, you know, was just highlighting that in the video series on Twitter that you could check out. But, I mean, he, he really is. He looks like a guy who's going to catch on very quickly to the cerebral part of playing linebacker. That's probably where the uncertainty with him is. But I bet when we get into camp, you're going to start hearing the reports you know, that whoever drafts him is excited about the fact that he's made a pretty quick, quick transition. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's a starting little linebacker for a team in week one. Well, you know, his, his DNA is from uh, one of the, the most defensive geniuses in uh, my new coaches. Bronco Mendenhall, who was my coach too, so I can understand why it's a little, little easy for there, Brian. <laughs> it's, it's a little easy there for him. Um, John, uh, uh, Fred didn't uh, do a lot of events at uh, his pro day. Um, usually that means uh, guys go to uh, the combine and they have good numbers and good stats. Do you think that he did enough um, during the combine to you know just limit himself at the BYU pro day? I think so. I mean, a lot of guys do that. A lot of guys will stand on their numbers and kind of just be okay with what they did as long as it wasn't bad. I mean, to run a four six four is a pretty good time for a linebacker. You know, and he's six yep. three over six three, almost six three and a half. You know, two hundred thirty six pounds. So maybe you want to see a little bit more weight on him. But I really don't think so. I think that teams are going to be comfortable uh, with the way that he plays, especially how consistently he gets off blocks and things like that. So you know, I mean, his his jumps were great. You know, to jump thirty eight and a half inches that's high popping. You know, shows the explosiveness we talked about. Um, he is six, a six nine three cone is one of the best for linebackers there, um, and so I think he just really kind of there was not much to improve on in terms of his numbers. You know, he was very probably very pleased with everything he showed, and then the twenty one reps on the bench, you know, terrific terrific number for a linebacker. You know, even if you go over, I don't know if you guys are familiar or use it at all, but mock draftable has a really good way to kind of look at spider graphs for these players mm-hmm. and compare them to other linebackers and other players at their position. Yep. He was in the eighty third percentile for the three cone. 69th for the broad jump, 89th for the vertical jump, 72nd for the 40-yard dash. You know, just above average for the 20-yard shuttle. So he was above average in just about everything. Maybe a little bit low in the bench, but I mean, I really think 21 reps is great. And it's not really a big indicator to me, you know, whether whether you have great bench reps or not. You know, there's way more important ways to measure functional strength than by looking at the tape. To me, there just wasn't really a whole lot to improve on. Maybe the 20-yard shuttle, but at that point, I think teams knew this is a very good athlete. There's no question about it, and they wanted to see more of how does he handle the mental side of things probably, as teams, I'm sure, met with them and talked to them and, and had them break down some tape, uh, but also the, the, the movement skills and dropping and covering and things like that. My dad always told me, you're not actually strong, but you have functional strength. And I said, thanks, Dad. John Ledyard, <laughs> NFL Draft Analyst for FanRag Sports, NDT, scouting and host of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast is on BYU Sports Nation. Another guy that made some noise at the pro day for BYU was Jonah Trineman, wide receiver. 4-3-40, 12-foot broad jump, which was three inches short of the world record. Wow. Uh, did Jonah Trineman get on some teams' radars after the pro day? I think there's a chance that he did. You know, I mean, this is always, uh, we're talking probably more than anything, a priority free agent type of situation for him. You know, 5'10", 192, super limited production in college. You know, but this is a guy that when you come in and you jump 40 and a half inches, even at that height, and, you know, his agilities weren't as good as you probably would have liked to see for that that size because he is so small, but still pretty solid. Um, and, again, you mentioned 4'3", 4'3", flat 40, 
you know, with a one four nine ten yard split. I mean, you're you're talking about an explosive dude. And the other impressive thing, at five ten and a half, hundred ninety two pounds, he put up the bench fourteen times. So the strength is there. That that shows he's committed to the weight room. I think the teams will be interested in that. Uh, somebody mentioned the Bears haven't talked talk with him, which isn't super surprising considering they just brought in uh, Taylor Gabriel, who kind of has some similarities to Trinaman, I think. So I think that there's a chance you could see Trinaman, you know, probably. I still think it's a long shot to get drafted, but I think you could see him become. He'll definitely be picked up as a free agent, I would guess. And probably, to be honest, based almost solely off of putting up those kind of numbers, teams are going to be interested in that uh, for a return role. And you may even see teams interested in converting those types of movement skills to cornerback and, and, and playing him in a different position. So there will be interest in him. I don't know if it'll be enough to be draftable, uh, but I think there will be interest in him, and I would be surprised if he isn't picked up as a free agent. Absolutely. John, great insight. Uh, it's going to be a busy next six days for you leading up to the uh, start of the NFL draft and beyond. So good luck, and we appreciate you taking some time with us. Hey, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks to John Ledyard for joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. John knows his stuff yeah. about Fred Warner, and we are one week away where it is predicted that's, uh, that Fred Warner could go as high as day two, meaning the second or third round. That would be awesome. He's gone, man. I'm just going to speak it into existence, dude. That's what I'm going to do right now. Which speak round? It, second. second. Second round. That would be awesome. Second round. Yep. That would be a tremendous place for Fred Warner to go. I can't perfect. wait to see who picks him up. It'd be interesting, man. It's exciting. It's an exciting time, man. It's an exciting time. I mean, and think about the guys that are going to still have opportunities. You know, I mean, obviously, we talk about Fred and, you know, his opportunity is the biggest, obviously. But think about those other guys, man, that have, you know, yeah, I mean, free agency. And, um, you know, even if not, you still have the CFL and, and arena football. You have There's so many opportunities that guys have. So I'm excited you for it. You intramurals. Yeah. I, psh, that's what we did all day. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up at Stunner in men's lacrosse. Indeed. And who gets today's rise and shout and elite tweet of the day and more of the question of the day? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guests, Brendan Sander and John Ledyard. If you missed some of today's show, download the, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Volleyball. Number four, men's volleyball swept USC 3-0 last night. Cyrus Falogo, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, and Brendan Sander all had 12 kills at the Cougars. Hit a season-high uh, five and 529. 529. Yeah. Um, BYU hosts UCLA tomorrow night at 9 Eastern for the MPSF Championship on BYU TV with your boy, Jerem. Golf. And Steve and Lauren. Oh, yeah. Patrick Fishburne, West Coast Conference Golfer of the Year. Congratulations to Ginger Quake, who's also on the first team all league. Red Rasmussen was honorably mentioned. On the women's side, BYU swept the West Coast Conference Awards. Kendra Dalton was named the WCC Player of the Year. Kerry Roberts was named the Coach of the Year for the third straight year. And Naomi Soyifua took home WCC Freshman of the Year honors. What? Gymnastics. A good job. (laughs) A dynasty for the women's side. They're awesome. Shannon Hortman-Evans will compete in the NCAA Nationals on bars in St. Louis today at 7 Eastern. Good luck. Cougars in the PGA. Second player is tied at... 29th at one under <laughs> through 11 in the second round of the Valero, Texas Open. <laughs> Daniel Summerhays tees off later today. Soccer. Ashley Hatch in the Washington Spirits. 
play tonight Yay. against the Portland Thorns FC at 10:30 Eastern. Lacrosse means lacrosse lost 16 to 8 to Utah. This is the first time that the University of Utah has beat BYU in lacrosse in 22 years of competition. We're giving them the cross. We're taking football back. Who cares? Tennis. The women's team plays Pacific today at 2 Eastern. They play the entire ocean. Today's Rise and Shout <laughs> brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it that most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? Um, let's, go, let's go to men's volleyball. Men's volleyball men's for volleyball. the semifinal win against USC. Brendan Sander will play his final match in the Smithfield House with Price Jarman, Leo Durkin, Eric Sykes tomorrow. Those guys have a chance to win an MPSF title and be the first group to ever go to three straight NCAA tournaments in BYU men's volleyball. We go into the ship. We go into the (laughs) ship. We go into the ship. Remember that song? Yeah! To Ron Butler. Yeah! (laughs) Our question of the day, who's the best sibling combo in BYU history? At TM Sherbel. Easy. The Hampson sisters. Both two sports stars, Ooh. Jennifer and Sarah. That is a really, really Wait good a one. Yeah, that's 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 a that's okay, there, man. Okay, that's a good point. If if we broke it down by gender, they've got to be the best women's. Oh, and yeah. they're competing for overall. They, yeah, easily incredible easily. because you because you're playing two sports, right? Yes, that's hard enough. What other sibling combos played two? Both played two sports. What other person plays two? Sports? Corbin and Bronson. <laughs> Corbin oh, and Bronson oh, Kafusi. Oh. Okay. okay. Yep. At Shea Lawrence C. Kafusi Brothers, both of them playing two sports at a collegiate level. Honorable mention, Reynolds Brothers. Mm. Our elite tweet of the day at BYU for me. Though the Sander brothers have been the most fun to watch, I would say the brother-sister combination of Sean and Heather Olmstead, the men and women's volleyball coaches, have had the biggest impact in sports than any other sibling pair. Their programs are drawing top recruits each year. Hashtag the best is yet to come. Think about it with the women's program. Sweet 16s every year. The men's program, back-to-back national championship game appearances. That's pretty good. These are good. This There's a, good a reason one. that one's the elite. We just we that. just ball out here at Brigham, man. It's just something that, that does to you. you what, a, what about the sibling combo of your cousin Joe Sampson and Rancher, Rancheritos? What do you mm, think of that? That's, that's up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say one, two, three, four, fifth. Uh, the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag. Yes. Using the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Brian, I'm Jerem. Fun week of shows. Thanks to Jason Shepard and you, Brian, for hanging out. Shout out to Orville Fisher. BYU Sports Nation, back at it next week. We'll see you tomorrow night at 9 Eastern with men's volleyball. I love you, Joe. Jesse.